I interviewed Parker Whitmore, founder of MoonshotCamperVans.com and the creator of cool mobile kitchen modules for vans, SUVs, and trucks. Parker's experience ranges from building custom food trucks and vans to product design, entrepreneurship, and more. We get a rare glimpse into the entrepreneurial process of designing, prototyping, acquiring funding for, and manufacturing products for van builders. Okay, let's get into it. Parker Whitmore. Yes. Uh, let's see here. So, Moonshot Vans. That's uh, I came across your site via um, explorevanx.com. Or no, I take that back. Maybe maybe you messaged me first. You did. You messaged me regarding um, a collaboration with Vansage. So, yeah, now I remember. It's all about that networking, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. You did the cold outreach. Awesome. It's it's <laughs> it's not I I wouldn't call it easy work. It seems like it would be, and I think maybe people assume that that, you know, we're just sitting around hitting, you know, send on emails and, and then taking a nap or whatever. But it, it, it for me anyway, it's it's uh, it's hard work getting those emails right and sending them out. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get the right tone. It's a lot of work to, you know, be able to glean out. Is this person serious or are they, you know, are they just kind of talking, kicking the tires? So, yeah, finding that niche, finding that one little that, that funnel, the right spot of the funnel is always a lot of work, a lot more work than people actually think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And anybody starting out has to has to do that stuff. Cool. So, uh, why don't you give us uh, some background uh, on you know how, how you got into the the camper van world and other van stuff? I understand it's not just camper vans for you. Yeah, yeah it's not just camper vans. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna go way back. All right. Yeah. So I grew up in Oklahoma, and what you did in Oklahoma is you built cars. So my dad and I grew up, I grew up with my dad building cars. My very first car that I ever drove was a 67 Candy Apple Red El Camino. Wow. And I didn't realize how lucky I was <laughs> as a 16-year-old. That was my first car. Sure. Uh, so I had grown up doing that. And then time went on, you know, we're going to move forward. And um, I was actually the owner of a farm-to-table ice cream company. And we wanted some really cool trucks. So I pulled the tools out, dusted them off, and I started building food trucks. And it went from food trucks to um, building mobile lounges, which was fun. Uh, and then there was a stint in my life where I built a, my very first camper van build was a schoolie. And I built that out and lived in that thing for two years as I worked as a yacht diver in Florida. A yacht what? Jupiter Island. A yacht diver. Okay. So, gotcha. I worked on the yachts while they were still in the water, so uh -huh. they didn't have to dry dock them. So. Sure. Yeah. So going from that, uh, that was my first camper van type of build. And then eventually I started long distance hiking and needed a rig to get around in. So I built another one, started talking to more people and realizing there was a real need for an easy to assemble system for camper vans. Yeah. So I uh, developed that. So my background's industrial design. And I took an industrial design approach to it. So that brings us about up to present day at that point. Uh -huh. Very good. Very concise. Very concise. It makes, for a, <laughs> it makes for a lot of questions, and that's good. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me, all the crossover, you know, between food trucks and party vans and transport mm -hmm. vans, the big, the big fancy luxury sprinters, and all, all of the iterations of the building out of vans. Well, technology has been getting to ridiculous levels. Of, yes. Uh, I mean, good, 
good, but it's, uh, yeah, some of the stuff I see that goes into some of these bands, it's like, eh, do you really need that? <laughs> that... And one, right. And one of the <laughs> things that, that I find so fascinating about this field is that, you know, there almost can't be two vans alike, right? It's, it's like individuals. Yeah. You know, individuals influence having so much influence on the final use of of the van, let alone the build, right? So people go in and make little tweaks, no matter how much they paid for it, and and uh, unless they're just right. not using it, right? Um, and then you've got all the couple factors, you know, couples living in vans and families and pets and all that stuff. It's it makes it all uh, really interesting. It's um, of course there are many corollaries between vans and homes. Uh, vans and, and physical houses, uh, and of course everybody mm-hmm. everybody customizes their own homes to some extent. But but uh, to see it all so concise and tidy and in these small packages is just fascinating to me. Um, uh, moving on. <laughs> well, um, side note. Yes. Actually, you remind me of some side note. Uh-huh. So one of my other weird avenues that I went down was uh, boat design. So uh, that was kind of cool when I was working on my interior boat design classes. That it essentially translates the exact same way into the camper van world. Yeah. So there's all this overlap of of living mobily, and then how you have to adjust and quantify and design a really efficient space to enjoy that sort of mobile life. It's the the challenges are interesting because on boats there's no wasted space. Sure. Yeah. Not even an yeah. not even an inch. It's really fascinating. Um, no. And then there's the yeah. there's the technology uh, with regard to so many so many things about boats that make them uh, make the environment so much more damaging and treacherous and corrosive and all of the things about mm-hmm. about boats that transfer beautifully to camper vans and other RVs. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, electrical I think is the most obvious one, but but then there's the um, so so. Uh, one of my favorite builders, George Morrow of Humble Road Vans, he he, I think he coined the term "rolling earthquake," <laughs> and and he's just <laughs> that's a good way to put it, man. Yeah, he's just referring to all the stuff that's gonna move around and break loose and and mm-hmm. squeak and rattle and like for example, he he puts uh, marine blinds in his builds because they're made to stay put. Mm-hmm. You know, you pull them halfway down, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Anyway, the the uh, that's really interesting, and that wow, that's very valuable experience and knowledge to have with regard to building either mobile units or vans. So that's really cool, man. So that's why I got out of food trucks because food trucks you're taking all of the problems of a kitchen, yes, and then making it mobile, right? And it's just it's <laughs> it's and then you're putting expensive equipment in it, so it's 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 not a avenue i'd recommend for anybody right um, yeah i can imagine that that would be very frustrating and and speaking of which uh, you know in our preliminary discussion you had mentioned some of some of the frustrations you experienced with regarding custom vans for individuals can you mm-hmm. recap that a bit yeah yeah so what happens a lot is uh, when you're working it's got to be a collaborative experience when working with somebody building out a camp a camper van especially if it's a custom job and it's that strange little sine wave that you get when things start out in the honeymoon of the project. Everyone's super enthused about everything. Then it's going to dip down below that expectation line a little bit. I'm not sure. And then somewhere, if you do it right, it ends about in the middle. But within that, a customer's simple request 
can create so much extra work for you. And then you have to justify the cost of that to them or help them to understand like, oh, I wanted heated floors. Okay, well, that's good, <laughs> but that means we're going to have to either lift this floor or we're going to have to subsink the heating elements into the body of the van. And that's not going to be easy. So, um, yeah, the expectations and the clarity of vision on those big jobs, a little tricky. And the problem also is that people, they watch too much YouTube home TV, uh, watch too much of those renovation shows, and oh. they just think everything is... Oh, and the other one, I'll say that this one drives me nuts. The whole trend on Instagram, of they show a van, and then they hold their hand up, and they snap, uh, and then it's done. Yeah. To me, I find that such a travesty because yeah. I'm like, you are complete building a false expectation that that's how it works. Right. <laughs> it is not. So, yeah, that's that's the challenge. As with any sort of design project, it's it's communication and clarity of vision and and trying to get someone to understand how these things work. I talk to architects and it's, it's the same thing that they have. Same problems. Right. And I did. Uh, well, I, I was actually born into remodel. Uh, yeah, um, residential okay. remodel. My father, yeah. my father was a remodel guy, and later I built new homes and new custom homes with my uh, my sister's husband. And I, man, and then I did it myself for a while. But um, yes, I've I've seen all of that stuff where you get you, you make a decision yeah. and you yeah. you get the money and you get halfway in or all the way in, and they say, oh, but I wanted and. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah. that's that's the reality of of any custom work that we do. You know, it's in the in the internet world, it's referred to as uh, agency work, right? Where you you take on okay. a, take on a client and and all that. And of course, in you know, in building and construction, it's just building. It's just it's just client work, right? And wow, uh, yeah. it's it, it's seriously well, seriously challenging stuff. That sort of difficulty kind of leads into why I. I moved away from custom work to uh, the modules mm -hmm. because the modules um, and we can get into what they are, but it, it takes that out because then it's, it's being set up. Like I said, we were the Lego of camper vans. Um, so it's a plug and play system. So it's already done. So people might be able to choose, you know, the colors and things like that. So let's, let's start at the start. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you call it cool. C U U L. I got you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> culinary. The word culinary plus the word module creates uh, the cool. Yes. Oh, excellent. Okay. So that is our that is our first product that we're going to put out. Um, and we're gonna we we started with the kitchen because that's the most complex of generally any sort of sector within your camper van. Uh, everything else is a lot simpler or can be. Um, so we started with that one and we designed this module that can drop into a van, but then we resized it so it can drop into a crossover, any sort of hatchback. I have one in the back of my Subaru. Um, and we wanted to make it to where people could order the unit. It gets delivered to their house with instructions and then they can install it with a minimal need of having to run any sort of electrical or plumbing because as I talk to camper van builders and having been one myself, I understand that the cabinetry is the messiest, most complex, least profitable part of the build sure. generally. Yep. We wanted to 
create this system to where people can just, like I said, order it, gets delivered to their home, they can install it, use it. The water tanks, the pump, everything is in there. It's all, like I said, self-contained. Um, and then when they're not using it, then they can just pop it out and store it away. So we're going with the sort of luggage form factor on that. And then we're actually talking to luggage manufacturers to do the manufacturing of it. Because it's, it's kind of the same form factor. It's the same hull form. And it's the same like build process as you would with high-end luggage. So, yeah, we wanted to make it just really easy to use. Easy to remove when you didn't want to use it. And um, just kind of reduce that friction point. So I know so many people want to have a camper van, but the cost, you got a two year wait at least, and your cost can be really high. And then I know a lot of people, it's like, I don't know how to build stuff and I'm scared to death of power tools. So that's in talking with people. That's why we ended up coming up with the cool kitchen module. And then there's going to be a power module and there's going to be a storage module and a bed module. And all of it is, is meant to kind of just pop in and everything kind of works with everything else. And it takes away some of the uncertainty of building it on your own, and it takes away the cost of hiring somebody else to do it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And and it allows for, uh, I, I would suggest, it allows for more of a multi-use van. So instead of mm-hmm. a van with fixed cabinets and, and uh, kitchen, you can take this out. And Now, of course, yeah. you've, I'm, I'm sure you have specific ideas of where... Uh, well, you would have to in order to make it fit a multitude of vehicles. But um, as far as where it sits in the vehicle, um, ha- mm-hmm. that that must be an incredible challenge. Because I I see you have a note about you know how how many vehicles it's uh, it, it it will fit in. Yes? Correct. Mm-hmm. So for the majority of say a crossover or a Subaru, it just basically mounts in the back and faces back. So you open your hatchback. And then you can use it there. Mm-hmm. Or you can also pull it out. And like if you're at the campsite, you can pull it out and use a campsite too. It's a, like I said, it's a self-contained module. Yep. Um, so in smaller vehicles like that, um, one of the ways we did it is it just it just mounts in the back and faces backwards. But it also has another version for smaller vans. So I have a Delica, Mitsubishi Delica, which wow. is very cool. Yeah. Sort of four-wheel drive turbo diesel. Very cool van. Yep. Um, and it's smaller. Um, and it's like a lot of minivans too. So the way we design now it is it actually has a pivot point that it mounts to. And so when you get out, you can lift your hatchback on your van, unlock the module. It rotates um, 90 degrees and then it's facing the back. But when you're not using it, rotates back, locks against the wall and keeps that center aisle of your van open. Wow. I always hated when I'd see builds on smaller vans. Um, I always hated the fact that it was blocked, that there was no pass through. Right. Um, so I designed these so that when you're not using them, basically when you're in transport mode, everything's locked against the wall and you have pass through going through there. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you, I assume you're familiar with the, with the expression chuck box. Yeah. That's where it originally came from. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that I, was our original idea. Yeah, and I've I've been fascinated with chuck boxes for a long time. In fact, for my my I had a, a Toyota Sienna. Uh I just sold it back in in July, but um uh I I built a couple different iterations of chuck boxes for it, including a drawer, a long slide out 
drawer on on heavy sliders that um that the box was custom boxes i had two of them side by side custom built to to fit in there and then i could take those out but eh, it it was not optimal but it was a fun experiment it got me through a a couple summer Mm -hmm. couple summers of um of travel but at any rate yeah yeah uh, i think it's hilarious that 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 mobility solution that has been around for hundreds of years (laughs) is still applicable today you know oh and same with the steamer trunk right and uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see, I see, I see the correlation there bef- between your your yep. project and steamer trunks as well, because they're they're yep. also you know people most of the time when you see a steamer trunk in a junk shop or an antique store, there's a bunch of stuff missing from inside because they were yeah. typically made of low quality wood or particle board or even or even um, cardboard, and it would fall apart over time, and people would just eliminate that, and then, then it was just a big box. But but originally, many of, many of them had fancy compartments and all kinds of cool stuff for for oh, yeah. storing your clothes and stuff to travel across the ocean. <laughs> to travel across the ocean. That's what's so funny to me, is, is this unifying thread that goes through all of them. So way back in the day, my degree was in anthropology, and... Okay. So the anthropological aspects of mobility, migration, basic needs uh, when in a mobile state or migratory state is really fascinating to me how this all kind of correlates and lines up. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's funny. I have an anthropology background as well. Um, uh, Hunter Gather. Hunter gather. That's maybe more the um, the uh, the overland people, but nonetheless, it's 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 still all all applies. <laughs> That's a good one. I like how that is. Yeah. <laughs> so the camper van people are more the covered wagons, yes. caravan, you know, luxury posh, and the overland people are the hunter gatherers. That's yeah. that's a really good analogy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not all overland people hunt and fish, but I think a lot of them do, and it's and it's such a you know, especially in the United States where where there's just so many millions of square acres of uh, of public land yeah. that's available but not accessible, which is why which is why overland vehicles are so awesome for um, for the U.S. and mm-hmm. and Canada, of course, and and a few other places. But um, yeah. cool. So let's go back to the design specifics and, or rather the functionality specifics uh, of the cool unit. I'm curious, you mentioned, you mm-hmm. mentioned running water. I assume that's not heated. And I don't, I don't mean to criticize or, or, you know, uh, pick apart or, or whatever. I just want to understand what the current mm-hmm. sort of iteration is or, um, uh, prototype you know, situation is and right. what the, what the goal, the target is long-term for this specific aspect of all the moonshot stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we've done several iterations. I've got a, a fully built out MVP that we use minimum viable product. Nice. Minimum, sorry, minimum viable product. Uh-huh. Um, the way things have changed as this technology has gone on. So the water system used to be a self-contained tank with a water pump that you run, had to run power to, all this kind of stuff. Well, Domatic has been a great company because they've designed a um, sectional water tank system with a USB-charged faucet. So 
Yeah, USB charging faucet. So that eliminates the need to run wiring. So it's all it's all self-contained there. Wow. So no wiring running out. The tanks are smaller, so you can fill one or two, which is kind of nice. And then your drain tank, you can hook up a drain. If you want to have a gray water tank, you can hook that up as well. Or if you just want to run the gray water out, you can do that as well. So that's about the mid-range of where we're at now. Uh, the Again, the way the technology is advancing is that... Uh, the small water heaters are getting smaller and more inline and again on a charged system so yeah i mean if it becomes feasible for design for manufacturing for us to be able to to put a water heater system in it then we'll do that gotcha. it really just comes down on i mean essentially our biggest floating question we have is you know where to our customers is where are you hurting and how can we help? So where is that difficult part for you? So if enough customers say, you know, I really like to have hot water. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, yeah. interesting. And and so moving on, I mean, that that, that covers that. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, and so as far as sink and faucet mm-hmm. in, in the kitchen unit, that, are you using a collapsible sink or... A, uh, how, how's that work? Yeah, we we were using we were fabricating a stainless steel sink, but the new collapsible silicon sinks that are out makes so much more sense. Yep. So we've we switched over to a collapsible silicon sink again. You know, you can it can then be removed and like after your trip, you can pop it out and run it through your dishwasher. So that made a lot more sense. It lightens things up quite a bit, um, and then it removes the need for us to fabricate these sure. little tiny custom sinks because the it was kind of an unusual shape, so we had to, we were making them ourselves for a while, which is, in the long run, as you get into greater numbers, doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, I just, I felt the need to dig in a little bit with regard to, to water and sink, et cetera, because those are, I mean, those, mm-hmm. are, those are obviously huge, um, huge issues with regard to cooking um, and food prep and all that stuff, but... But it sounds like you've thought through all that stuff very well. And and what about cooktop? What's your what's your plan there? So so that we don't have to worry about so much about uh, there's a whole bunch of NSF compliance stuff if we were going to be doing an an installed stove. So we have it set up to where it comes with a two burner camp stove that is a, just a standalone two burner camp stove uh-huh. or grill top camp stove. Uh-huh. So the the customer can just provide their own if they want. Uh, we can provide it if you want to pull it out of the cool module and just take a campsite and use it. You can do that as well. Um, but we didn't want to integrate a stove in there right? because of the the design for manufacturing challenges and compliance issues. Right. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and then. Go ahead. Big, well, I was going to say big picture. Um, one of the things we're looking at down the line is integrating software or an app into the cool module so that you'll be able to um, pull out your phone. You could turn your heater on beforehand to heat your water up before you get back. Like if you're on a hike and you're coming back and it'll also give you your levels. So it'll show your water level or show your gas level. And you can use your phone if you want to just kind of monitor all that. Yep. And all that comes down to um, a little bit more protection a little bit more sort of intellectual protection, IP protection. Um, nice. Just makes it a little bit more exclusive. Yeah. Well, I think you've got 
kind of layers of exclusivity already. I think that's that's really cool. I think I don't I don't think you have much to worry about there. And and I mean, with regard to that, I'm I'm curious your thoughts um, about competition. You know, and what else is available? Can you just maybe free associate a little bit about your concerns with regard to competition or are you not concerned? I mean, personally, I, I love competition. I think it's without it, obviously there won't be any business, right? Nobody cares if two people aren't doing it. (laughs) So that's my take on it. But anyway, (laughs) well, competition also forces you to clarify your, your vision, right? Instead of kind of just doing a one size fits all. So yeah, I mean, there's other companies that make stuff close to this. Uh, overlanding tends to be a little bit more in the heavier duty side. Right. Uh, a little bit more weighty. And most of the overland stuff is it has to be permanently installed. So um, there's that aspect. I don't mind the competition because I feel like our aesthetic and our sort of design approach is a little different than a lot of the stuff that's out there. There's a, there's kits out there, but they're all plywood kits. Um, there's also larger full build-out kits, but they're really expensive and they almost require the same sort of like usage. You have to know how to run carpentry and install. So again, because we're doing a little bit more of a type of exclusive high-end luggage type of approach, I feel like that's going to set us apart a little bit more. And aesthetically, Overland stuff, it's really good. It's really functional. It's, it's not very attractive or I won't say it's not very attractive. It all looks the same. Right, right, right. Rugged and almost never, yeah. never pretty. <laughs> never pretty. And th- that's something I've, when I've talked to, there's a lot of female overlanders out there that I've talked to, and they, they've made that complaint. They're like, I love doing this, but it's almost a default sitting that setting that I have to be a really masculine woman to do this because I like my overlander and all my masculine equipment. And a lot of them said, you know, I don't, I don't, I just want stuff that looks good. I want stuff that works well. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, you know, quite so uh aggressive i guess you could say <laughs> sure yeah oh, that's interesting yeah and 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 that comes down to niche yeah. niche and audience and and those things are absolutely crucial to yeah. to take into account and it's like you know if somebody isn't saying this isn't for me you know or 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 if you can't rather i should say if you can't anticipate and plan for people saying this isn't for me then you probably don't understand the market right and and uh right. it's a it's a it's a big problem with with manufacturing and and especially invention right I, i'm going to make something for everybody no you're not you know you're not there's even coca no. even coca cola isn't for everybody right mm-hmm. <laughs> because some people <laughs> like Pepsi. well that's what's interesting cuz <laughs> What has happened with us is that, you know, we're finding this, this customer, which is the camper van builders. Uh-huh. It's, it's not just the, just standalone. Uh, as I've reached out to more camper van builders, they're like, yeah, if we could start installing your modules just as an aftermarket product, that's great. An electric van. Um, there's a couple of companies I've been reaching out to Canoe, which is a really cool electric van company. If you look them up sometime. Their, their design aesthetic is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to them saying, we'd love to be your exclusive uh, upfitter and provide you with our modules so that when a customer orders a canoe, they can say, I'll take the moonshot package there. Yeah. And so we just ship our modules to you and you put them in. Yeah. So again, the, the builders have, they were a little bit of a surprising customer niche that popped up for us. Yeah, I can imagine. 
Right. It's it's almost. I mean, in my mind, it's it's a bit difficult to make that that leap because you think of you know I'm a builder. I've, I build. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my mm-hmm. my own cabinets, etc. But uh, like you said, that's you know the the kitchen stuff mm-hmm. is brutal. It's 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 the most it's difficult true. and aspect of the build. And most builders now have a two year waiting list. Yeah, I mean it's a, <laughs> that's something. Yeah, two years. So you pay that money, and then you still got to wait two years before you can get out there. Right. And that's what we think about when we're thinking about these modules. I'm thinking about that person because I feel it myself. Thinking about that person, and there's that beautiful weather, and you just want to get out there, but you're stuck. You yeah. know, you can do an Airbnb, you can rent a van, yeah. but man, just feeling that that separation between you and getting out into like the natural world. I for me, that personally, that just that's heartache. So. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of another thing that motivates us with that. It's like if we can provide these modules and people can just pop them in and go, man. That's right. that's the that's the do good part for us. Sure, sure. Buy the base model mm-hmm. and and uh, and put the modules in and head out and and you know uh, I, I think it's it's wise to start with the with the uh, the kitchen because yeah. it's it's the thing that we end up you know if you don't have a a kitchen build just thinking from the perspective of of the old days and car and trailer camping and truck camping and and you know not a a fully built out van where where you're trying to put your weekend together on a friday evening and throwing stuff into boxes and then you spend half the weekend digging through those boxes for the for the macaroni and cheese or whatever yeah and then that kind of ruins the campsite aesthetic too when you got the oh, boxes and yeah. stuff is strewn everywhere you know <laughs> It's just, ugh, yeah, fits off that mojo, man. That yeah. mojo. Yeah, I'm such a huge fan of chuck boxes. You know, it's it's funny because I, I mean, I started out like everybody else, watching tons of of uh, camper van build videos and stuff. But but then you start to go, well, there must be iterations of a lot of this stuff in other industries, right? And and the, the thing is, mm-hmm. like 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 uh, cabinet makers, you know. They, they'll tend to drift off into into various directions. Toolboxes is one, you know, benches, workbenches, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of really amazing, really complicated, <laughs> fancy chuck boxes out there that people put a lot yeah. of time and, and energy into building. And it's like completely out of context of camping or whatever. It's just, yeah, I built this thing that has every everything. Um, and it's, it's oh yeah all the complex joinery and all that kind of stuff i mean it looks really nice in a magazine picture but <laughs> do you really want to like be yanking that around out in the woods yeah do you want to lift that into your truck every weekend <laughs> right yeah uh, that's why i was really happy when we found this um dometic tank system because it split the one tank up into two so it, it makes lifting things in and out a lot easier it reduces your lift weight per gotcha. trip Gotcha. So, yeah. So, so that was, I was unaware of that. That was a nice discovery. I'll go ahead and link to that, uh, whatever information is available from Dometic on that in, in show notes so people can mm-hmm. visualize what we're talking about. Um, but, yep. but so you're saying that's going to be inside of your unit? Yeah. So that'll be inside. It'll be a component of the unit. So it's, okay. it's basically you, you put the unit, you install it. Um, it's not too heavy. Yes. It's like, I think the unit when it's when it's empty is probably about twenty pounds maybe at the most. Right, right. And next to nothing. So next to nothing. So you drop that in and then you take your two tanks, you fill those with water, 
and each tank, you know, it's like a, I think it's like a, each tank is like a five gallon tank. Might be a little bit smaller. Um, and it carries like a, it almost looks like a jerry can. So okay. it carry, it's just a top thing. So then you just slot those in place and then you're good to go. Nice. Instead of, yeah, installing the unit and then having to fill it up with water or filling it with water and then carrying it, which is going to make it heavier and installing it that way. So it's all about, yeah, it's all about the modularity. So the components are split up in such a way that it's not a, it's not a heavy yield per trip. Right. And just, just not having to find a permanent location for water tanks in a van. There's, you know, a lot of people are yeah. going to see that as a huge advantage. It's, it's, um, uh, uh, I, I mean, I like I like sort of Swiss Army knife uh, minivan builds, um, and and mm-hmm. and I like to get as much stuff outside of the living space as possible. It's kind of a hang up of mine. Nonetheless, um, being able to to well, this this concept of modularity in general that you're applying, like yeah, you you know, we can provide a stove, or you can. You can get one and, and it'll fit, right? There are several that will fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's a water system that will fit and et cetera. Uh, that's, that's really cool. I, I like that. And it's, you know, not trying to boil the ocean, as they say, not, not trying to custom build every, <laughs> every little aspect of, of um, every possible need, but, but kind of clicking things in place, almost like software tools, right? Where you you assemble a yep. bunch of things and in the end you get a, a customizable and highly usable product. It's a that's a great way to go. It's I love it. And so can yep. you can you talk a, a bit about the price? Um, yeah. So we got them priced. The initial price is going to be twenty five hundred for the cool kitchen module. That'll go down as manufacturing production numbers go up. Okay. And we might. That's kind of the experimental entry price. Okay. That. Yeah, and that's that's complete. So that's twenty five hundred dollars with everything. Right. Complete. And yeah, the uh there's a really cool graphic on at uh moonshotcampervans dot com. Um mm-hmm. it's not an auto scroll. So if you're listening to this and you go to the site, you'll see the orange uh the the orange graphic <clears throat> with the stove and the sink a stove in the sink and and you grab it and slide it and then there are blueprints and black and white line drawings and fit in the van modules so yeah do that go look for yourself because it's it's really cool and then there's almost it, it looks like a is is the the unit in the van is that a graphic or uh, uh sorry graphically generated or is that prototype that i'm looking at the unit with the back door open. Oh, that's a graphic. Okay, it's yeah, ver- graphically generated. It's so good. That kind of shows you how that that unit. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that shows you how that unit uh, rotates. Yes. You know, ninety degrees. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Use. Um, oh, that's. We'll so actually cool. be posting a lot more videos of our working MVP. Uh-huh. Um, I'll be doing a lot of like, you know, super fancy cooking videos. Yeah. With the working MVP we have right now. Excellent. And then also while you're on the site is you can also pre-order. So mm-hmm. a big way that we test market fit is is people pre-ordering. So wonderful. You know, it's a hundred dollars. You pre-order the units. You get first dibs when they come out. You get a discount on the final price. So excellent. 
Okay, um, that's great. So that's that's where you'll find that all the information about this project, which is ongoing in the creation and building and idea. Uh, I guess not ide- you're beyond ideation. You're you're at um, mm-hmm. at ready to throw money at the thing <laughs> and and, and yeah. build. It sounds like yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, we are in the pre-seed uh, stage actually. So okay. we are pitching to investors and outdoor enthusiasts and going through that so there's that whole other aspect of the the sort of business pitch aspect and no we're not going on shark tank before anybody asked <laughs> shark tank <laughs> what a colossal waste of time <laughs> uh once you really start pitching you know so i went to a business accelerator um graduate of that graduate of wharton's small business development all that so you learn about how pitching works and data rooms and that that whole world and then you watch shark tank and you're just like oh boy yeah Yeah. made for tv yeah absolutely totally not how it works yeah and the stories of uh basically all the investment all the investors always back out later that's basically what 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 i've heard about i've met a couple people that that were uh, on the show and and uh, one lady had a she's she's made some things that stick photos to refrigerators and stuff. But anyway, she had a positive experience with it. But for the most part, it's just um, it's kind of a it's just for TV. Yeah. It's entertainment. It, it's 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 cool it's that yeah, and it's cool because you know in the U.S. we have such a um, inventor and creation and and you know create something incredible and and solve people's problems and get rich all that is such a massive part of american culture and i i love it i appreciate it mm-hmm. and i see the lack of it in other parts of the world and um so so it, i'm not against shark tank it's just that it's so unrealistic and kind of silly but anyway uh, moving on from that yeah uh, let's see i had a question oh i was going to ask you so so also moving moving on from um moonshot for now I, I'm curious about your new position. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just, just found out yesterday. It was really cool. So I'm moving the business out to uh, the Four Corners area because it's all the national parks. It's where my clients are. It's where I want to be. <laughs> I first got to really enjoy that when I hiked. Um, in, yeah. Col- in Colorado, <clears throat> Four Corners. So in Colorado, uh, I will be heading up the entrepreneur entrepreneurial center in estes park colorado wow so i will be working with other entrepreneurs in the outdoor industry space and the craft space and and all that and and i was chosen for the job when i was talking to them because i went from 40 candidates down to two and then i found out yesterday i got the job and then when i was asking them you know why me i just it's i just like to know they said the fact that you have already started a business yes and exited that and you started another one that gives you a really unique niche Yes. knowledge set of what it's like to be an entrepreneur because yes. the, the psychology behind it and all that. So I'm so excited that I'm going to get to work with, you know, these really amazing people and I'm going to get to help some entrepreneurs, like hopefully take years off their journey, you know, um, cause you just don't know what you don't know. And at the same time, uh, I have a team and we're going to be developing moonshot and, it all kind of just clicked together really nicely. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about the next chapter. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So what would you say um, is the time commitment for that? For doing the 
Riding up the entrepreneurial side. Yes, yes. I would say that's going to be about 30 hours a week. Uh-huh. Okay. And then a lot of the other stuff for Moonshot is going to be uh, is going to be on the team. So oh, all the minutia that I've been doing is actually being handed over to other team members to so the marketing and the sales and all that kind of stuff. Right. Excellent. And um, yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. Well, that's the that's the heart of entrepreneurship. It's delegation. Oh yes. Being able to and yeah. To communicate uh, exactly what needs to be done, and then be able to go do other stuff that uh, that mm-hmm. can move things. And just putting forward. different brains on the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always amazing the solutions that pop up when you put a different brains. I mean, I love smart brains and ideas and collaborating with people. So I'm pretty excited about moving a little bit more away from me doing all of that and putting people who just you know are smarter than me and just letting them do their job. Sure. Um, and congratulations, by the way. That's a that's that's oh, a, thank you. That's a coup, man. You 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 uh, yeah. Being <laughs> narrowed down from forty people that that must have been an interesting interview yeah. process. I'd love to. It was well. It was one of those funny things that like from the very beginning when I started it, the interview process, everything. I just it just seemed like such a good fit. So yeah. I didn't really feel too nervous about it. Mm. Um, I just when they were like, "We need somebody to," sign, I was like, "Oh, really? I know what that's like." And all this kind of stuff. And it actually validated exactly what they told me was that very niche knowledge set. So I wasn't too nervous about it, but I was, I mean, now I'm in the state that I am, I am excited and scared because I'm, you know, moving from Philadelphia to this mountain town in Colorado. Um, Wow. Just, that's it. Just driving cross country and setting up in a whole new town, a whole new life. Oh, and that sounds so cool. Been, that's, that sounds so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a what, and it's I, like two I know different that I'm worlds. in the right spot. Yeah, it's completely two different worlds. Yeah, <laughs> but I know I'm in the right spot because, like I said, I'm excited and I'm scared, and I know for me that that's a good indication that I'm making the right choice. Uh, can I make a suggestion for your for your website? Yeah, please. Sorry, I'm poking around here and clicking and stuff. And you've shared with me some really exciting stuff about your background and education. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble finding that here. Are you are you trying to avoid? <laughs> um, are you trying to avoid a, a a kind of celebrity? I'm the face of position, or yeah. you are okay. Now that make that makes sense. Yeah. I go back and forth with my advisors. They're like. Your story, your background, it's, I mean, you're the company, but I, I just am more along the lines of like, number one, I'm from the Midwest. So it's kind of like, no, we don't talk about ourselves. I want the company just to kind of stand on its own merits. I, I don't like the whole celebrity aspect of things, Yeah. but I mean, I, I have launched a YouTube channel and I'm working on a podcast as well. So okay. I'm sure I'll be out in front of it to a certain degree, but it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just kind of want the the company just to kind of be its own entity, you know, to right. have its own soul. Yep. Yeah. And I see you've got some pretty, uh, some pretty decent blog posts here. So listener check, check out yeah. Moonsh- uh, moonshotcampervans.com and definitely click that blog link. You're going to see some cool stuff here. Um, some valuable, valuable reading on the, the, the company and suggestions and whatnot. Anyway. Yeah. That blog post about the modular satellites. I wish I could have, I was hiking the John Muir Trail last year. Look, here we go again. So here's, <laughs> I'm hiking the John Muir Trail. I'm at the base of Half Dome, about to go up that. 
Yeah. And I ended up meeting this really nice guy who's a retired NASA engineer. Wow. And he designed the systems for the space station. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him about my company and the modularity. He's like, yeah, we know all about modularity. We've been doing that in the space industry for since day one. And wow. I was like, ah. And I wish I, I wish I'd recorded that conversation. It was a really enjoyable mm. conversation. I wish I'd videoed it. Cause like I said, we were sitting there and there's half dome in the background and we're talking about modularity and, in the aerospace and the NASA space industry. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> but it's like, right. oh well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> missed missed opportunities. Yeah, that's interesting. But but I mean, in in Seattle, just south of the city, we have uh the Boeing's um Boeing Museum. And NASA mm-hmm. actually actually has a big, um, I think it's mostly for youth, but they have astronauts there doing programs, youth programs, right there in the Boeing Museum. And those guys, those guys are really excited to talk about what they do. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't reach out to someone um, at NASA and, and have a conversation like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all because, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly at war with uh, with funding, you know, and so so they like they're driven to to connect with the public. So they have they oh, have people. That's have a people. great idea. Cool. There's a side note to that that story. Uh, there, I heard on another podcast. Um, there's a guy who uh, has been doing open source spacesuits for years, oh, and he's wow. on his like I don't know seventieth iteration. Yeah, yeah, and he has people to volunteer. I actually reached out to them and said, look, I'm a moonshot. We're kind of a space theme type thing. I'm also a long distance hiker. So I've done 10,000 plus miles on long distance trails. Wow. And I wrote to them and said, I would love to wear one of your space suits on a hike. And it'd be a really interesting real world test system. It'd be really good marketing and all that kind of stuff. So I actually um, have started a conversation with them and we're going to see, you know, once a, things kind of get going about you know, doing a hike in a spacesuit out west. <laughs> wow, that's I know. that sounds amazing, and and what a what a brilliant marketing right opportunity. Although it's the that's you know, it, I think it's brilliant because because it's the kind of thing you can do and barely mention your product, but but it, uh, inevitably it people are gonna are gonna get there. It's right. like it, it's not publicity stunt. It's just really really cool research and and challenge well, and learning i'm just i'm just thinking of the footage for that i mean yeah a that's what i mean electric van pulls up with the modular <laughs> system in it and then i get out with the spacesuit on and then i start the hi- i mean just the visual story right there is just amazing yeah you hike 40 miles in a spacesuit <laughs> in a spacesuit yeah because awesome, you know man. why not yeah <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that those spacesuits are very valuable. Uh, that could well, that's the work. thing about the open source. They yes. are they are using common materials, okay. and it's keeping the cost down. Yep. So this guy is an engineer, and they're able to make the spacesuits that stand up to the engineering demands of space. Uh-huh. But at the same time, they're making them with common materials, so they're not costing that much, and that's kind of the point, right? That they're moving towards. Yeah. And I s- assume they're cooled and everything. 
So far as I know, I mean, they've got several iterations. I, I definitely hope so. Cause all right. All right. That's all right. We don't some sort of cooling system in place. Yeah. 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 We don't have to speculate. You'll figure it out and, and we'll follow along. And speak, <laughs> yeah, right. speaking of follow, following along, I just want to say that the smart thing to do here is to keep in touch and hopefully do some, do a follow up discussion about, yeah. about cool and, uh, moonshot and your, uh, your work in Estes Park and all that. So um, it will Sounds be great. valuable to see how uh, valuable for our other builders um, to, to, to hear about your uh, journey of finding funding and um, the design manufacturing process, everything over time. So we'll do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're on and we're on all the, you know, we're not on Twitter anymore, but um, we're on Facebook, Moonshot Camper Vans. Okay. So your Instagram uh, handle is Moonshot Modules, and on uh, sorry on Facebook you are uh, Moonshot Camper Vans. Excellent, mm-hmm. and I I'm, you have links of course to those on at, at yeah Moonshot. yeah I mean you can just go to the website and all the social links are there. Yep, awesome. Okay, hey that's yeah. great, Parker. Uh, this is this has been a gas. I really appreciate your time, and uh, Thank you so much. again looking forward to seeing how it goes down the road. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> it should be fun. <laughs> awesome.